This episode is brought to you in partnership with Meals Without Meat. Meals Without Meat believes that plant-based is the most fulfilling way to eat and live. They exist to serve as a central hub for all of your vegan needs. They aim to help you feed yourself physically by using their tried and verified recipes and mentally by growing in knowledge about this journey. Follow them on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash mealswithoutmeat. On this show, it's only good vibes. Talking about music from Beyonce to Tribe. In the world where it's always politicking. Run, why your boy Kanye be tripping? I don't know, so we put it on the shelf. Listen to Conrad when he brings up mental health. Is Michael Jackson really the king of pop? There's no debate if you ask, be shocked. Conversation so tight, it be gripping you up. We love getting suggestions from our listeners. Do something foolish, try and run if you can. All you're gonna do is end up a victim of Who's Man's. Welcome to another week of Who's Man's podcast. We hope you enjoy it. What up, though, everyone? Welcome to the Who's Man's podcast. I'm your host, Ron Adon, a.k.a. Mr. Taylor May. In the building, I got my man's What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Who's Man's Podcast. I'm excited to talk to you, but before we go forward, who is here with us? Wait, what? What was that? <laughs> what, the, what, what was that? anything, so that literally just came up. <laughs> I don't know if you're having a stroke. <laughs> I'm a little worried. It's here now. It's here. I, th- I thought you were going to do it. I'm going to do it again, too. That made me feel better. All right. I'm ready. Let's go. Get it all out now because we ain't doing this all right. <laughs> oh, oh, y'all fooling, man. All right, how y'all living, Kyrie? What you been up to lately? Oh, I actually thought Brian thought we were, forgot we were recording. And he was just in his own <laughs> doing that. Um, but the weekend was great, man. Uh, I worked eight days straight, so uh, I was looking forward to Friday because I didn't have to work and hit up an amusement park and I'll tell. I have some stories from the amusement park that I'm going to share after this little park, uh, and then it was a great Saturday because uh, one of my coworkers and good friend is um, turned turned thirty. So we had a huge party for her, and I, it was fun. It was relaxing. That's what's up. So when you work eight hours, like how many? I mean, eight days. How many hours in total is that over those eight days? Uh, it's still forty because our, the way it works. Since I worked on Sunday, I st- like I worked the weekend. So Saturday is the end of the previous week pay period, and Sunday is the start of a new pay period or a new week. So my mm-hmm. 40 hours for the previous week ended that Saturday I worked, and then my new 40 hours started on the Sunday I worked. Wow. So I worked five – technically, I worked five days that last week, but since I worked – but I started working Saturday. So I went Saturday through Thursday. Um, gotcha. So it was – after like day six, seven, I you just lose track of everything. Everything's annoying at work. <laughs> I got <laughs> over it. It's just like I think I'm gonna start doing like uh, vlogs when I work those long weeks. 
it's like day five and I want to kill everyone or some shit like that. You know how those Mm-mm. guys <laughs> don't be in the building when you say that. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> day six, I'm currently in prison. I don't want you to do that vlog anymore. <laughs> I don't. It was a good idea. And then it was like the, the evil comrade jumped out of you. <laughs> Went a little crazy, all right? I just go to the bathroom. You know. Listeners, he did not oh, mean man. that. Okay, he meant like I want to kill the, I want to kill this beat, like the job. He be dancing and stuff. <laughs> that's what he meant. That's what I heard. Good yeah. cover up. Yeah, that's cover-up. what I heard too. That's cool. <laughs> well, yeah, man. Uh what about you, Shock? How you been? I've been, I've been, I've been on, I've been on. What's oh my god! <laughs> I don't know, y'all. Hey, my, first, first my heart right now. What are you drinking right me. now? I've been on. I've been on. I'm actually not. I just ate some tomatoes. I'm I'm totally turning into a white woman. Are you I've, turning into I've Evan? <laughs> you just <laughs> ate tomatoes, though? <laughs> I'm just turning into Evan because okay, that sounds like what you were talking no. about last week. No, <laughs> our from, former uh, guest on the podcast, Evan, with his bell peppers. No, I sliced my tomatoes up like a human being, put some salt and pepper and hot sauce on it, Mix that boy up. If you got lemon pepper, throw a little bit of that on there. Have you a good time. All right. But um Yeah, where was that? My weekend. I mean it's better than Arby's, I guess. I'm glad you okay. ain't eating that. We can go back into it. <laughs> I just want to say wait, 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 let's, while we're here, listeners, thank you for you know, indulging in our little polls. And it just, you know, solidified that Brian and I were right. True. Ron is trash, and he has terrible True. taste buds. True. And I mean, just because people agree with you, don't make yeah, you right. That's what the Bible and... <laughs> People voted for forty-five. That don't make him right. Uh, we're not going to go there. First of all, you're not going to correlate. That's not what you're not going to do. That's not what you're going to do. After what, after what Austin did to me, <laughs> well, that's yeah, you and him. Like, that's like a you problem. I'm pulling out all the guts. Shout out to but, Austin. You know, the thing that really stamped it was actually the, the real president, the twi- the president of Twitter. You know, President Pat. Yep. You know, when he tweets, he tweets stuff that means something. And when he subtweeted Ron, calling him trash, boom. That was it. That was it. <laughs> no, I wasn't a subtweet. I, mean, I got at it. The notification popped up. It was like, there. Wake up. <laughs> Gather around You're everyone. Asleep, I want you to know. <laughs> All my educators, this is what your kids don't can be when you're teaching them. You don't want it to be like Ron, like it. <laughs> Not liking, not liking. My <laughs> uh, but oh, my weekend. Um, or what I've been up to. I have been good. I've been spending a lot of time with friends. All right, Ron and I are you know part time friends, and we spent a lot of time with each other over the weekend. <laughs> wait, wait, what? No, Ron's my Ron's my boy. We spent a lot of time together over the weekend, me, him, and, uh, of course, former guest, and his better half, Tori. Uh, what was Thanks that, Saturday? Invite. I mean, we did try to invite you, Conrad, like, legit. No, don't think. try. Don't try. Uh, <laughs> but you out here doing things. <laughs> uh, but a lot of good conversation. Your boy, Conrad Darnold, actually mm. moved to Dallas this weekend. I'm sorry. So, hey. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, you know, we out here, we out here. What about you, Ron? How have you been? 
I I've been pretty good. So I think I can go ahead and just put it out there on the podcast now. I recently resigned from my job because I'm making a move down to Austin next okay, month. I need to put all so, that out there. <laughs> we still I'm I've been living my best <laughs> life now. I'm living my best life now. Like I'm still, you know, do, showing up and doing what I need to do. But it's, it's just a, a little bit of a relief feeling knowing that, like, in one month, this would not be my problem. So y'all, y'all might want to figure this out. <laughs> That's the kind of job I want. <laughs> uh, like, Ron said it incomplete emails. Like, ah, oh, fuck it. You know what? <laughs> I want a job where I like Ooh, try- every month, and I could just that'd be my attitude. Well. Shit in the in a week or so, I ain't gonna. This ain't gonna be my problem. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> you want to be a true, true. I hope y'all get that shit figured out. All right, bye. Because <laughs> my flight's next week, and I am not moving. <laughs> That's great. Oh, uh, but now, yes, it's been making it pretty chill here. Right? Getting excited for the move and everything. So I'm over here looking good. Did you want to tell people about your awesome uh, Saturday night? What did I do Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) So that's when Shock came over and we just had a little, we basically just had a little chill kickback. Like we literally didn't play games or watch TV or nothing. We just sat around the table shooting the shit for a few hours. And it it was just, that's what what we're here for. That was so fun. We didn't even have to do nothing special or exciting. Just being around good company made it a great night. Of course, alcohol was involved because you know we like to have yeah, fun like, and drink. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I'm sick of people like shaming alcohol. All right, alcohol <laughs> in moderation <laughs> or out of moderation sometimes. <laughs> like, we drink responsibly. Yeah, I ain't go. Our livers weren't yeah, even we with us. Drive nowhere. We uh, set our ass down. Uh, didn't tear nothing up. No fight. We just, you know, had a good time. But uh, I want people to know, like, if you don't have friends where you can just, like, chill and be and not have to, like, do something or buy something or or do some type of action for them to, like, enjoy your company, you're doing it all wrong. Like, get, get some new friends. Please. Right. Get friends you actually like. Everyone deserves that. Hey, well, speaking of uh, right. drinking... I don't know why I'm just now figuring out. Or maybe because I knew, but I was just stubborn. Uh, so this weekend, <clears throat> I was talking about my uh, friends who celebrated her 30th birthday. And she's like Ron and loves Henny. Like, that's her thing. Hey. She doesn't mix it with anything. She just sips on it. Type Ooh. chick. Um, so I expected her birthday to have a lot of Hennessy bottles, which it did. <clears throat> But the amount of shots we took was mm. not okay. Like, mind you, I was supposed to be the I was the cameraman. Like, I she asked me to come take pictures during the whole the um, birthday party. <clears throat> so when I got there, I was like, you know what? Let me get as many pictures as I can now because as the party <laughs> goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna need some focus on my lenses. I'm gonna be the one who needs to be in focus because <laughs> based on. <laughs> Based on these shot selections, when I walked in, they were in the middle of taking shots, like back to back. So it was a good time. Oh, y'all came to party. No, no. It, was, came to no. it was. It was. <laughs> it was like your all American, like just black cookout party. Like we had, they had the spades table going. They had the, you know, fish hey. fry going. They had the ribs. They had the fried chicken. The henny, the crown, the beers, everything. It was just a great time. Um, and even in those moments, it was like that 
meme where it says, or that tweet I saw, where you're like, you're ever at a black party or someone's uh, black house and they start playing spades and you don't know how to play spades. Oh. They just keep asking you, <laughs> you don't know how to play spades? Damn, you don't know how to play spades? Are you, are you sure you hey, don't, know, yeah, how you don't know how to play spades? Hey, yeah. But not one offer to teach. Hey, I kind of don't know how to play spades. I mean, I know he's African, but then you don't know how to play spades? Damn. So what should oh, I do? <laughs> Alright, cool. Hey y'all, uh, deal the cards. Deal the cards. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I guess I'm not gonna learn this time <laughs> and just walk away. But while I was getting to the alcohol part, it's like I don't know why I'm just now figuring out if I stick to one, you know, dark liquor. No. And I'm Gucci the next day. Cause Wait, the amount of sorry, like, like I just stuck to Henny, right? All night. Nothing switched, never went any other, you know, tempted by other you know, nice looking drinks that people were making. I just stuck to taking shots of Henny all night. And I woke up the next day and my liver was so happy. I wasn't feeling droggy. I wasn't feeling like I was hurt. I just woke up, you know, praise What'd the Lord. What you used to do? All right. That's the magic of Henny, though. And I was okay. like, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously, like, when you're out, you're at the bars, you have different drinks. Like, Oh, here, I'll buy you a round of beer, or I'll buy you a round of this shot, or I don't know, here's another drink, and here's this. No. Obviously, I knew, obviously I, knew I should have stuck to it, but I just not, I'm not a shot person. Like, I'm not, like, trying to take shots to the head, literally. Uh-huh. I felt like that's what was happening at this party. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, yeah, fight me. <laughs> I, like titled, I, like, titled her album that I made for her, Hey, Let's Take a Shot, because that's what she would do. She would just walk up after, like, it was, like, two minutes. And she like go do something, come back. She's like, hey, let's take a shot. And I'm looking at her like, look, dog. Like, can my liver get a taste of the first shot? Like, can it like try to start breaking this down before you start <laughs> pushing more shots? I mean, you know, first I of good. all, she's single. Second she of is. all, I would vote she for is. president. She's right, single. Let's go ahead and pause the podcast. All right, we go. We going to Richmond. Pause the podcast. Uh, road trip. <laughs> been waiting, been waiting, been waiting for this Richmond trip. So uh, I'm a little sad that you know a shoddy has to bring okay. you over here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you didn't see that coming. Huh? I did not. <laughs> Turn that around. That was the worst. <laughs> no road trip uh, pause. <laughs> but anyways, my liver wasn't beefing. Um, but I don't think I can drink Hennessy like that. I'm telling you, that is the magic of Hennessy. That's why I love it. it. Never gave me a hangover. Never gotten sick. Just magic. Like, I don't drink Hennessy because when I drink Hennessy, I, <laughs> I see pictures and my shirt is undone and I'm dancing. You know what? That is accurate. I've seen those pictures. Yeah, you're right. Like, nah, every <laughs> single time, too, it's like, you know, I'm going to try this. Ron says it's great. And it's like, nah. <laughs> You, they almost had to put you out because you was trying to entertain people. I was like, "Well, at least like got the uh, B-shock, uh biting of the lip pose." Hey, oh, full yep. effect, classic. Okay, full. you can't tell me nothing when I'm uh got a little liquor in me, and I they say take a picture. I'm like, "Oh, get somebody pregnant tonight." It's going yeah. Oh man! Uh, all right, but before we get down to business, though, Conrad, tell us about this music park you were saying oh, earlier. All right, so Friday was my day off. My girl and I decided let's take a little trip down to uh, Kings Dominion. So it's like 
I wouldn't say it's their version of. I guess I'll say it's like their version of Michigan Adventures, but with a little bit better, uh, better rides, because it's not owned by Cedar Point. <laughs> so they're okay. up in their style up. So I hadn't been, and I was like, yeah, let's just go. Um, and there wasn't. It's like Friday, probably like eleven o'clock, and so there's not a lot of people, of course, but there's a lot of like camps there. <clears throat> And so the first thing I noticed, and so we're like, get there. And I'm like low key nervous because it's been a minute since I've been on a roller coaster. So I forgot like the way it makes you feel, like other than excitement, mm-hmm. but like, you know, feeling sick or like your stomach turning and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm in line trying to think of what it felt like. And I'm not get, catching anything. So I started observing these uh, teenage kids. <clears throat> and uh, I just made me realize like, even if like generation from generation has changed, like being a teenager has not changed as far as awkwardness, as far <laughs> as far as awkwardness when it comes to talking to the opposite sex, as far as everything is literally sexualized. Like the whole conversation was just like it wasn't like literally like sex, but it was just like I don't even know how to explain it because it's just so cr- cringing, and I'm just thinking to myself really was this me at this age because I, I just can't <laughs> you got this you know probably like 5 11 13 year old boy you know black boy a little chubby but he swagged out you know got his little girl and you know they had this little fight and instead of talking he's just like gesturing her gesture gesturing him <clears throat> her over excuse me <clears throat> gesturing her over with his head like you know come on baby come on just come sit with me come here baby Wait, is this like, in line? Yes, dog. And uh, I'm that's just like, it's just so awkward. He's like, you know, c- like, you know, come here, like, you know, biting his lip, like, come here. And I'm just like, you've <laughs> <laughs> been watching you shock, you over here teaching the kids. Classes on the weekend. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, this girl is just not feeling it, so he like walks over, you know, tries to grab her hand, like, baby, like this, this. I'm just like, dog, this is so awkward to watch. But she falls for it. Oh, yeah. And she's just like, wow. oh, okay, like, yeah. And then you have these, you know, those kids who want attention and just, like, have to speak loud. So there was, like, a like a 15-minute delay <clears throat> on one of the rides. So first of all, 15 minutes delay. It's my first ride. I'm like, what the fuck's happening? Maybe I shouldn't wait for this ride. It's a sign. God, I shouldn't go on this ride. Mm-hmm. And but we're already up there, and then this Kurt's like, uh uh-uh, uh, I ain't waiting for no 15, 15 minute ride. This is bullshit. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, like, where's your chaperone, little girl? Like, <laughs> why, 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 are you, why are you talking like this? This is foul. I'm glad Jay say that. <laughs> of course, because like, they like to fight nowadays. Hey, right. But anyway, that just made me notice that first part of the day was just like how awkward teenagers are, teenagers are still. Like, there's nothing that has changed. Like we don't know how to. At that point, they don't know how to talk to each other. Everything is like tickle, pinch you in inappropriate ways that are considered me too. Still now, and I'm just like, oh man, that's awkward, kid. But you shouldn't do that. But then I'm like, you're a kid. You don't know, <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. You don't know better. This is your way of like saying I like you, but it's like very aggressive in my lens right now that I'm watching you. So the kids are a lot. <clears throat> So then my personal story was two rides in and mind you, I've never, I'm pretty adventurous. I've never had like puked over like heights or jumping over shit or, you know, being really high. So the first ride 
had this crazy ass drop, like straight down drop, and it was going 91, 90 miles per hour. Um, and y'all, I started to see black. Oh, whoa, eyes. black! And I'm like, I'm oh, like, well. in my, I'm trying to like keep yelling, but then my voice is starting to go away. Like I'm trying to yell, like. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> If you see black and you can no longer talk, do you just try to think you die? <laughs> but you tell yourself, keep yelling. Exactly. That's exactly what was happening. I'm in my mind telling myself, keep yelling like you're having fun, dog. Like, just you keep yelling. <laughs> Don't let them know you're not having fun. No I'm more. starting to see black and I'm like, dude, this, I'm not going to be this person that passes out on a ride and just goes limp. While the ride is going and wakes up and starts screaming again. I'm like, that's not going to happen to me. <laughs> So I finally make it down the drop, and it's like um, ascended again. Like it's ascending again, and like I get back to reality. I look over to uh, my girlfriend, and she's all up, and she's like screaming, having fun. I'm like, all right, she didn't know the shit. All right, join, <laughs> start, <laughs> join her like screaming too. So I just start screaming like, oh, that was crazy. Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> deep down, I'm like, dog, you almost passed out. Second, die, second you know? ride. Same shit happens. This time I can't even scream. It's just bleh, just done. <laughs> it's just done. And I'm like, you threw up. Oh no, I just black out. But I can't even get a. I don't necessarily black out, but I start the same feeling I had the first time. But this time yeah. I can't even yell. And I'm just like, it was like a quick like ten seconds. Like came back, and this time my girlfriend had the same feeling. So I look at her and she looks at me and she's like, Yeah, I almost passed out. And I was like. Dog, what is? Are we old? Does this make me feel like I'm? Did you guys not eat or something? Like, what is that? I don't know. (laughs) And I don't know. I don't know if it was the heat. I don't know what it was, but I had never experienced that, and I was gonna be very embarrassed if I passed out. And that's when the the picture took it or some shit. That's one thing I was worried about. (laughs) That's all you thinking about? (laughs) Not the fact that I'm seeing black. He already slept over in that picture. Because I'm the guy, I'm the guy that's laughing on you, watching YouTube of these people passing out on these rides, and I'm just like, man, look at karma. Karma is coming back to me right in this moment, and I'm about to be a who's man's topic. And (laughs) this cannot be happening. But hey, I don't know what to say to people who go on roller coasters. If you know how to change something. Maybe I ate too soon before I left. I don't know what happened, but I'm maybe I'm getting old. Maybe, Brian, can you go on a ride and let me know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking, like, be quiet throughout the course, because they're going to come for you, all right, dog? I was just telling myself that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, be careful out there. It was a lot of fun, but there was moments where I thought I was going to meet my creator, and I was scared. But, hey. Ooh, I'm glad you made too. it. That would have been weird as hell. We said, hey, y'all, uh, uh, Conrad ain't going to be here no more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we died on the roller coaster. No, the roller coaster, fine. He just passed out, never came back. So, uh, <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't be laughing video. about my mockery of my death. Or something. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. the problem. Like, <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm sorry, gonna go. I love going to amusement parks now. I'm happy you back. You just, you just. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Ronald, what do we got today? <laughs> back to you, Ronald. Right, let's go ahead and get fucked up with they did some car <laughs> down the distance at that amusement park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucked up what happened to him. 
Oh, the ride man. break? Okay. Nah, he just passed out. <laughs> Damn. He the only one. He's the only one. <laughs> Everyone else fine. Fucked up toes. People write us with Won't questions. <laughs> so, the ride was no, it ain't the ride. Don't blame the ride. It was just kind of that. I was like, oh, man. I'm glad you got it. Yes, yes. All right. Yeah, we're good now. We're All good. Right. We can go ahead and get down Thanks, to business. All right. So first up on the list for tonight is we got somebody who hopefully we'll, we'll have to ever talk about again pretty soon because I've heard his career is definitely on the downtrend. <laughs> this man, Robert Kelly, a.k.a. R. Kelly, put out a 19-minute song, 19. 19- 18 minutes. If you have time to listen to this song, let me just start off real quick right here. If you have time to sit down and listen to this, you really need to reevaluate what's going on. Like, where are your priorities? And second of all, thanks, Chris Brown. Damn you. Yeah. Like, all these people gave him these long ass songs. Now it's a song. First it was albums. Now, you, now you're making people do songs that are too long to be listening to. I don't appreciate it. I saw someone tweet about that. They were like, hey, don't blame the time of the song. Like, Back in the day, that was our all our songs was that long. But it's just the nineteen that minutes. We don't want to hear. Yeah, there's some popular <laughs> songs that go long, like the real version of it. I can believe like ten minutes. minute songs. I, I definitely listen oh. to a lot of Parliament that goes like 10, 12 minutes, but nineteen Nine. minutes. That is too long. I have in front of me, but it was a lot of them. I feel like with even those songs, it was like it wasn't even lyrics anymore. I feel like it was just like either they had like a bass run or some I don't know I just don't feel like it was yeah it was it was like the band would just jam or the singer would just ad lib throughout it was just like they would just vibe off of each other for that long but you're That's right okay. no it's not like 19 minutes worth of lyrics that I gotta memorize yeah so, I'm tri- <laughs> <laughs> oh. so I mean I think it's safe to say that none of us here have checked out this song but we have unfortunately been forced to like you know just hear about it so we know a good idea of what it is about trash so it's it's called so, I admit it, and it's. If you go want ahead. So I can I can I can save you guys like eighteen minutes. I thought you were going to say I can recite this for you guys. No, <laughs> <laughs> I can do a rendition right, right now for you. <laughs> no, but, go ahead, um, break it down. So basically, in the song, R. Kelly, I don't know which minutes are which, but he touches on these topics. All right, he's broke. He signed away all his publishing money or all his publishing rights I should say. He confirms that he's illiterate and cannot spell after dropping out of school. He owes the IRS $20 million and had to borrow money from his label. He said he couldn't read the teleprompter at the Grammys. He doesn't give like dates on when all this stuff happened but I'm sure you could uh, find some of this information on YouTube and stuff. I, I love this part of the song where he talks about being broken. I don't even know if you need to know which part it is. Just to, just hearing that was music to my ears. <laughs> fact he's broke. Uh, he just a fact. Hasn't seen his kids in years. Admitted he loved Aaliyah romantically. A family member molested him from childhood to 14. That same family member took his virginity while he was sleeping. His ex team having bad intentions and his illiteracy is the reason for him giving or losing all his money. I know he also talks about the, the, if you can call it that, I don't know. He says you can't call it that, but the sets caught the fact that the, 
parents in these situations actually i i don't want to put words in their mouth or his mouth but he's basically saying that they gave their daughters to him in return for like business favors or stuff like that uh Mm. so that's that's uh basically all everybody cares about Mm. he does talk about the set safe also uh but says he was set up he doesn't say anything other than that whatever trash so if if he is no longer has the publishing rights, does that mean I can listen to I Believe I Can Fly without guilt, knowing that it's not giving him any money? Uh, he still wrote it. <laughs> I mean, but I'm like, but come on, I believe I can fly. Person aside from that's still an amazing song. So if I can listen to that once in a while, whatever, without having feeling the guilt of knowing that he's getting paid off of it, so he, that, that does make me a little happy. We've talked about this a few times. Um, I do see this like. Swell of people on 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 social media saying he's not even that talented. Like you guys don't need him. He's not even that talented. That's just not true. Okay, the guy is talented. He's rich. Even if you don't like him, his singing style, his music, some of your favorite artists, some of the biggest songs to ever come out from the biggest artists, oh well, artists, artists ever. <laughs> Are written by R. Kelly, Celine Dion, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston. All some of their biggest songs are from him. And I mean, it's hard to just say like, "Oh, throw it away. You don't need it. You got so many other options." And I get some people say, "Hey, we, you, we grew up with some of this music, um, and this is part of the soundtrack of my life." I just feel like for those people, they have to deal with whatever they have to deal with when they're listening to it. Um, and then for those people who choose not to listen to it, I don't think it's right for you to like condemn every person that does choose to play or have their kids sing. I, <laughs> God, that's not funny. I believe I can fly at graduation because they're still doing it. I promise you. They're still doing it at, at kindergarten and first grade transition graduations. Uh, now, here's why I draw the line, though. If you're still going out to see this man live, that's where I got a problem with it. Yeah. And I know so many people who still are. But, but thankfully, I have seen, I saw an article that said that the R. Kelly boycott is working, that there's been more, more recently, there's been more shows canceled than performed. So, the his career is definitely down in that downward spiral. Right. right. <clears throat> it's just like, what, what for you to write a song like this or to sing a song like this, because uh, if I mean, it sounds like he doesn't write, but I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know Quote how literacy works. Right? It's just you can't. How's literacy work? You can't read. I feel like maybe he dictates the lyrics to someone and they write it down. I mean, then again, he ain't like he gonna read the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> how does that work? Unless someone reads them to him, does he just like speaking to a, a tape recorder all night? What is that? What's Maybe. what's that thing that uh, what was his name? Famous uh, the thing right. where you can like if you if you can't uh like use your hands, you can speak into it and it types everything out like a dictation. Oh, like is it Stephen Hawkins? Yeah, didn't he have something like that? But he can speak. No, he was the opposite. He yeah, couldn't he, talk. So, oh, he, but I thought there was something else that you can speak into and it does it. Writes you. everything. It does it for everything for you. I mean, hell, we got the technology on our phone now because. Right. They don't want you to, you know, text and drive. So I have the option to just talk and say what I want to say. <clears throat> um, but regardless of that, 
Uh, go to school, kids. <laughs> they yes. know that all. <laughs> Yo, how, does, how does Fantasia do it? I ain't trying to come at your favor, Brian. But First how does of all, Fantasia <laughs> is not illiterate, okay? <laughs> and I'm sick of people. I'm sick of people coming online and trying to come at Fantasia every time somebody say they can't read. All right, like it's a it's a fraternity or something that they trying to let them know, like, hey, you got support, okay? Y'all gonna leave Fantasia alone? Uh, you don't say how she do it, like. Like, I know. Like, she got a principal. All right. But I'm Um, saying, like, where do you find the, I don't even know if it's the balls, but the the gall. Like, what, why would you release something like this? Why? It's just like OJ from years ago who was in talks to write a book saying, if I did it. I really think it's delusion. Like somehow he, him, and them, OJ both thought that dude making this move would get the people back on his side. Because I, I saw some interviews saying he's still claiming that victimhood. People are out to get me. You know, this I'm really under attack. That's what all this is type of thing. Maybe he actually thought this song would get people on his side. Or the fact that they somewhat got away with their bullshit and had fans still. They feel like they can still do it. Like, True. Yep. I feel R. Kelly was still going out and doing tours. <clears throat> I saw something is. on Twitter yeah. and he was on a tour and this chick was like rubbing his dick. Did you see that? Did you guys see that? Yeah. Like on stage? That's like, like... A, that's like that's like R. Kelly. That, he been doing that literally. They got video of him doing that in the 90s. So that's like part of his act. So I'm just saying if it's not changing that fact that women are still going up there and like fantasizing over him. Of course, he's gonna be like, "Well, I still got supporters. I'll do what I want." Oh, that's not. It's just crazy, <clears throat> and I feel like it's a. It. I wonder, like the the. I wonder if he thought, like, "Oh, if I tell them, though, like, oh, I was molested or something happened to me as a kid, then they'll like understand, like, this is why I do all this stuff." Because a lot of I saw a lot of that on social media where they were like, "Oh man, this makes total sense now." <clears throat> and I was happy. I wish I would have wrote down these people's names who I love. My favorite part about Twitter right now is uh, I don't know if that's my favorite part because I kind of like watching uh, Michael Jackson videos and getting Janet Jackson updates. But um, <laughs> I like the people who like call out dumb people. And they're like every person who has been molested or sexually assaulted in some way as a child that does not mean that they grow up to be awful human beings or even that they have the right to be awful human beings when they grow up. So don't right. make that, like, don't put that out there. Like, oh, because <clears throat> now I know this information, everything is okay about what R. Kelly is doing. And, I mean, most of them are guys. You know, who unfortunately, just, you know, enjoy being dumb. That's, like, their amusement okay. part. <clears throat> but, hey. <laughs> I think another thing it's so hard to even like try to show empathy for R. Kelly is because he doesn't he's not trying to change he's not showing that he's trying to change to be a better person ever since the day of the Pionu situation thing till now like it's just been a consistence of stupid excuse yeah go back to what he's been doing stupid apology excuse go back to what he's doing so it's like it's no because I mean we got to give people chances to like do better for themselves or try to change but he's not showing it right he's not 
doing anything to prove that maybe maybe this is his this 19 minute song was his no nah, I don't even think that's a way of trying to show you change because you just do the same shit you used to do you just did it for 19 minutes yeah in one song <clears throat> so <clears throat> excuse me so I just feel like it makes it hard for people to empathize empathize with him because he's not changing I agree so definitely agree whatever though trash and I kind of feel like this is part yep. of the R. Kelly this has been a part of the R. Kelly game book because if you think about it, and I never thought about this until I was older and kind of realized what was happening. Like, I was I was a kid when the whole Aaliyah thing happened. And I remember we talked about it in school, but I didn't really understand that that was such a bad thing at the time. I remember when the, the tape came out, I was a kid. So I was like, I still didn't really understand how awful and disgusting that that was. Um, and now that I'm older, I realize that you notice every time R. Kelly went through a controversy or did something that people questioned, and there was no social media back then, but there was bad word of mouth. And like I said, we were talking about it in school, so I know it was getting around. Um, that's when you would get, like, I Believe I Can Fly. That's when you would get the the gospel albums or the the emotional songs, the the what's the Ali song? I'm the world's greatest. All those motivational, cry with me, listen to me, hear how like I'm I've struggled type music. And but in between that, like you you didn't hear it on every album. You didn't get it all the time. You got the freaky R. Kelly, the twelve step or twelve step, no, twelve play R. Kelly. All the other times, it was only kind of when some of those bad times were bubbling up that then he would go out and, and put out this music and like everyone would just say, Ooh, that boy talented. Ooh, I don't know what they say bad about him, but we're going to play this at church and we're going to play this at the graduation. And Ooh, I'm going to have a kid seeing this. And it it's funny how you can look back on things and kind of see how it was spun to us for us to kind of quit talking about this or look the other way while that stuff was obviously still happening. Mm. You're right about that. <clears throat> well, I hope he uh, hope he uh, makes those changes sooner than later. But as of right now, he's trash. True. Yeah. I mean, I'm honestly at a point where I don't even care if he ever changes at this point. It's too little too late for me to ever be back on his side. Yeah. But let's not even waste any more time on this, man. Let's go ahead and keep moving. Speaking of trash. Uh, yep. Sorry. So speaking of, <laughs> no, I mean, no, real talk. It's, it's really a trash battle. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good transition here because this is like a battle of the trash cans. Right here. Speaking two ancient dudes speaking, going at each other. Of, make sure you go stay in school, back to back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Floyd Mayweather and Curtis Jackson, Fifty Cent, are back at it again on t- Instagram, sh- taking shots at each other. And honestly, I didn't even bother going back and seeing how this beat started because it just feels like it's a never-ending right. beef. Like, this went on to any longer than any rap beef that 50 Cent has had. I mean, honestly, it went on longer than his rap career. Because <laughs> it's been yeah. so many years at this point. It's yeah. a good point. <laughs> and first, I'll say, let me just start off that Floyd Mayweather, I thought he started off with some pretty funny stuff. Like, he, when he put out that whole sweepstakes, so like, anybody who... Uh, talk shit about 50 Cent on his Instagram and follows me and reposted it. I'm, I'm going to enter you for a drawing for money. I thought that was Man. pretty Okay, creative. so is that how it started? 
That ain't how it okay. started, but that was one of the, that was like, that was his most recent move, gotcha. which I thought was pretty creative. Like if I had if I was rich and I, if I had money to blow or stupid stuff like that, I would do that too. I would be <laughs> I'm mad. I'll do it again, y'all. I'm gonna, be, uh, I'm gonna have my phone. I'm gonna have my fans do my trash talking. I'm gonna pay them because I got the money. Right. Like that's pretty clever marketing. But do you, let's, before I keep on, do you think that Floyd is the one who really did this, or he had someone type all this shit out for him? There is, I guarantee, there is somebody out there getting paid just as much, if not more, than us to write Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> <Wow. laughs> So we all broke. <laughs> There's no way that Floyd wrote that paragraph. Because no, I'm like seeing these all these like, you know, some the grammar seems pretty correct. Even if it's like you know beef, um, it's long. I'm like, man, yeah. Floyd could not a spelling error in sight, right? I'm like, this wow, Floyd, good job, brother. And then you... <laughs> now, Fifty says the clap back with the rough draft that Floyd actually wrote. <laughs> that that, that made me laugh. Made me laugh. <laughs> this is what it actually said, and I like that he like kept all the same facts. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, nah, but of course, Fifty Cent does what he does and takes it to the next level. Takes it too far, and at this point, the, the jokes are seem to be really over. Like, I don't even, I didn't had nothing to laugh about in his last couple of posts. I don't even want to repeat talking about Floyd Mayweather's people. You know, going through some change, going through issues because of him and, and deaths were involved. Like, like you said, I don't want to get into the full details because I don't know facts. But what 50 Cent's a legend that, that Floyd caused is some pretty terrible shit. So at this point, the beef is no longer entertaining. It's more like, all right, if y'all got some issues this deep, please settle this offline. Yes. That's and the thing. The we same... still don't even know why this is happening. Or I haven't seen why all this has happened. Like a bad deal that maybe happened, or. I just don't see how those two cross. Uh, cross paths as far as money like they're in two different ventures yeah they're like entrepreneurs if you want to call them that well if you want to call Mayweather that but I just feel like one why do people just pick B for 50 I just don't get it why he is not the one like well, he has and then do we know not if, care do we know if Floyd picked this beef because 50 be doing some I mean some low stuff that doesn't always make social media. From what I have seen in the most recent round that they've been having, Floyd was the first one to, to take a public shot. That's true. And to your point, if they were doing this behind the scenes and behind the scenes, but when right. you start taking things You're public, right. you got to know that this Curtis Jackson is going to take it too far. <sighs> Whether it's true for or not, he puts it out there, and once he gets in the public court, it's my will be fact. Mm. Hey, pick a beef with us. No, never mind. No, no, not not fifty. Say that could be a few extra, uh, few extra listens, but no, we don't even want them like that. I don't not want them problems. But I just, I don't understand. This has been happening for years, and it'll happen for months, and then you'll see a picture of both of them in the club, or they're going for a few more months, and then. You see that there are 50s at ringside at his fight or whatever. And it's like, man, like, what is this relationship? I wonder. What if this is. And you know, I would I would argue maybe it's. Yeah. First, but Floyd's not fighting. 50's not not doing albums. I know he has his Get the Strap campaign that he's making merchandise off of. So maybe that could be what he's trying to boost. But I just don't see what Floyd's getting out of it. If, that, if that's the case. If this is publicity. And they have now brought in, like, brought in people who have been murdered, people who have 
killed themselves, people who have alleged domestic abuse. If they've brought in all of those people as part of some type of publicity campaign, then I put them in the same category as R. Kelly. They're almost they're trash. That's a trash ass friendship if that's what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you call those little friend worries, something like that? What is it uh, when they're like frenemies? Yeah. That's what they live. Yeah. That's like the weirdest case I've ever seen because I've seen people who like, I mean, everyone is not always cool with their friends 100% of the time. Like, we all have our differences. You go through stuff, but this is straight up like, I'm trying to end your career, hurt your reputation, right. ruin your life type of shit. And then y'all back in the club two weeks later. I just don't, I don't understand it. And like, and I know this doesn't matter, but they are so wealthy. Well, they are so rich. They are so rich <laughs> and they have so much and they, they both seem to have a lot of stuff that they could be working on. You know? I don't understand why why is this happening? What else could you be doing? I mean, here's the real question. And the sad thing, really. Think of how much they could be doing with the time, the money, the effort that has been spent on this feud between the two of them. I don't care about that. They're making money during this feud. I know, but when you think <laughs> about what they like, could do. Yeah, it's just they don't care because either way, whether they'll be using their time to do something positive and or whether they're just going to sit on, the, on their phones and do this, they're still, their bank account is still ticking, which that's annoying, though. And It is. Like you said, it's sad, but. Floyd could be back in Grand Rapids helping, you know, future boxers. I know he still has partnership or some type of partnership with the boxing club there. 50 could be many places helping out. Uh, I mean, it's just sad that this is, at this point, this is what we kind of, I don't think it's to the place yet where and Floyd hasn't been retired long enough where people forget forgets he's a boxer. Um, we talked a few weeks ago how people definitely probably don't remember that 50 Cent was a relevant rapper. Um, but this would so go true. down as like their legacy in many ways. Hey, yeah, but, uh, and honestly, one of the worst parts about it is it's hard to be on the one of their sides because they're both trash and they've both done so much right. trash. How about this then? Put him in the ring. Five rounds, who wins? Uh, Floyd. I mean, I'm Floyd is gonna win, but I mean, I think like Fifty can't fight. I just don't think he can't do a professional fight. Yeah, I mean, if it's the uh, in the streets, I don't even know what type of fight. And I don't even know. If, I don't know Fifty like that. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the guy who's made however much money. Who? Oh no, fuck the money. I'm gonna go with the guy who's undefeated. <laughs> if fighting is in the title of what you're undefeated at. I'm going to go with you to win the fight, all right? <laughs> I don't care who you yeah. go against. We need some type of way to handicap it so it could be even. So 50 could at least have a chance. I feel 50 would find that way because he's evil. Maybe have like a... <laughs> 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 That's a perfect way to put it. He's just like, evil. <laughs> I feel like 50 has really got into his character on power that he's becoming him. I don't know if you guys watch Power, but I do. Bro. I do, and I got to lie, I still enjoy Died it during the first season. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Power becoming a joke. Boo! Uh, <laughs> but here's my thing: 
Here's the other thing. Like, it, do they not have anyone? Well, I think I know the answer because you're saying it. They should have some. They should have someone on their team who can jump in and say, "Hey, this is going too far," or "Why are we doing this?" or "Do you really want to do that?" That would be nice. Somebody speak up. Like Floyd, Floyd, your dad, fifty, <laughs> Eminem. I don't know. Like somebody. Floyd's dad's probably in the background hyping him up. That's the sad part. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, all those people like that, that are all those people that could probably be saying something because I guarantee you there's people in that PR room or wherever they're like, damn, like this is going too far. But then they look at their bank accounts and they're like, I like this money, <sighs> which, which is also sad. But mm-hmm. we're part of it because we're entertained by it at the same time. Know what though? What? I'm not. No more. I'm not entertained. But what can I do? Like, what can I do to show that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't follow either one of them. Same. The pictures just pop up on my t- timeline or in the group chats. That's true. I'm not buying any 50 cent t shirts. I'm not on the money team. Not. You don't really have to do anything to show it. Just say, uh, I don't feel like it's something like, oh, I'm not using get the strap or just carry on with your life ignoring their bullshit. All right. Maybe that's what we got to do. Maybe we just stop talk- talking about them and-, and hopefully when the attention fades. So what else? What were we talking about? Going to school and being educated. (laughs) Tupac? (laughs) Tupac. (laughs) He's still alive. All right, then. On that note, let's go ahead and keep moving to the next thing. So, I mean, we kind of have a a real theme going tonight of just black men negativity. So this next guy is someone who's no stranger to being attended to the news for doing insane things that are horrible. But I think what's been popping up lately is probably the worst things that have ever come out around him. And it's been a lot of back and forth about these allegations. So Charlemagne the God has been in the news for about three or four separate incidents. All of them were in the same vein of the sexual harassment or, or you know, the Me Too type movements. Thanks. So, I mean, where do we even start? Do we want to break them down one by one or kind of just talk about his whole situation as a whole? I think you can just do his whole situation as a whole because they kind of tie in together in a way. All right, so for anyone who may not be fully aware, you really got to do your own research because it's way too much for us to actually talk about without spending 15 minutes breaking it all down. But essentially, he's had issues surrounding past rape allegations that were actually made into court, but those were later dropped and changed. So make sure you look up that before you put too much thought into that one. Um, there's also comments he made on his podcast, Brilliant Idiots, a few years ago that really said disturbing things. Then there has been... Actually, another comment that he made on that same podcast about things that happened with him and his now wife that were also disturbing when the comments were made. And these things have been since clarified. He's tried to you know, clean up statements, which we can talk about what that means at this point. But essentially, this guy has been making an ass of himself, making an ass out of himself in, in a more dramatic way than normal. Like He's definitely known for talking out of his ass and saying rude things to people. But these are the, the things that I think has gotten him the closest to having his career ended. I'm not sure if he's lost anything yet. I mean, his podcast still came out, still coming out. People still, are still checking him out. I mean, I'm still listening, I'll be honest. I haven't mm-hmm. seen any sponsorships. Well, his book still like it's on the way, so it doesn't seem like he's really lost anything yet. But he's definitely on the fringe he has a new, of being Charlemagne has a been. A new television show and deal that he yep. just signed with HBO, which is amazing. Yeah, but I think that's still up. good. Uh, it's still, I mean... As far as we know, it's still good. He has a, a major contract with iHeartRadio. Uh, so he's still signed on to the Breakfast Club. 
Um, so a lot of a lot of good things are happening for Charlemagne, and a lot of stuff is at you know at at that risk. Mm. I'll just say that. Yeah. So I'll start off saying, like I mentioned, I'm still listening to his podcast, and that's pretty much as far as my consumption of his entertainment goes. Maybe I'll think about checking out the show if it comes out. But for right now, I'm cool with just the hour a week of him. And the reason why I haven't decided to make any type of adjustments to what I'm doing is that I feel like there's a lot of ambiguity around these situations, like when, especially when we talk about the comments that he made himself. When they, when they first came out on the podcast a few years ago, I thought, this is some pretty bad shit. And I, nothing came of it in that moment. So when nothing came of it in, in that time, I honestly just kind of forgot about it. I, I think I did listen to the podcast for another week or two afterwards because I was kind of disturbed by it. But after nothing happened, I kind of forgot. I just went right back into it. Well, Ron, I do think it's important just for those who may not listen to Charlemagne, may not follow the podcast, uh, hell, may not even know who he is to like at least give some context on what he did say, even if it's not everything he said. But he has made I don't even, I don't want to say jokes, um, but he has talked about in a comedic way about possibly either raping his wife. He's talked about if he's had that same interaction with other ladies. Uh, he taught, he has talked in this book and on the radio show and on the podcast about the rape charges that were put against him and how, you know, he, uh, overcame that. Uh, so all that information is out there, but just so people don't think like, you know, we're just talking about like, well, what did he say? <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah. And he always makes, I mean, throughout this whole me too campaign on his podcast he's always talking about the rape culture and how he how like people of his age grew up in this rape culture so things they did during their time and what's happening now it's a little different and blah 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 and that's why it's even more um amplified even more now because everyone is relaying back to those comments he made and then those allegations that are coming back so he kind of so he kind of yeah. dig himself a hole um and i'm like ron said i was surprised that because Ron, I, Ron and I listen to that podcast pretty frequently, so I always talk about it. And sometimes I'll text Ron like, "Yo, like, this dude say some wild shit on here," and I'm surprised mm-hmm. they still have a show. Like, I'm surprised they still have a podcast. And even the person who's like, I don't, I want to say the CEO or the founder, what's his name, uh, Chris Morrow, who's a pretty, yeah. he's a pretty mm-hmm. liberal guy, and he's very like, he's feminist. He's you know, and I'm surprised he even doesn't like tell him like hey you guys can't say this stuff anymore we don't have a podcast you know it's just very surprising but when i don't i don't think like the podcast would be the one he would i don't think the podcast is the one that he worries about i think it's what he says on the podcast could lead to him losing all this other stuff he has um because i found it i find it surprising because i do not listen to the podcast because i don't like the other hosts on there um and most of the like time just, like I can't stand them. All right. Um <laughs> but I find it surprising that some of the stuff that you guys have said he said on the podcast, I've heard on the radio. Not in the same manner, but brought up in the same way. I mean, there was a there was a I don't know what they call it on the radio, but I'll call it a sketch that they did a, like a month ago where Charlemagne was celebrating 
hey, this is the anniversary on the first time me and my wife ever had sex. And he brought up the fact that they both got drunk. The host went back and forth on, did you, you know, how did she consent? That was like a joke. And he said, I don't know. And then that was supposed to be funny. And that was like the whole bit throughout the whole, the radio show for that day. So it is surprising to me that it's not just on the podcast. Because one would think like, oh, podcast, you're free to do whatever you want. But, or no, I'm not saying that, but. I'm not saying you're free to do whatever you want, but you have less, like, censorship. But he's made some of these same jokes on the radio show as he he has uh, the podcast. So it's not like he's just doing it in one place and not bringing it to the other. Yeah, I think one thing that's big to me about this is that a lot of people that I um, talk to in the group chat, you know, they talk about how they can't stand Charlamagne. And, uh, like, the same way you can't stand Schultz. I don't fault anyone who can't who can't listen to these dudes. Like they're not for everyone. Their sense of humor and their type of comedic comedy and entertainment is for a specific set of audience, and I can understand why the majority of people won't. Be. But I think one thing I do respect is that he has been very vocal about the things that he did are not okay, and maybe he did understand fully why they weren't as. I mean, like like you said, they may have been more acceptable during the time frame when they happened, but he has been very vocal in understanding that these type of things should not have ever happened and that they're not the type of thing that he's doing in his current life. So that's one of the reasons why, like going back to what we said about R. Kelly, he actually does seem to show remorse for those things and actually seem to be showing growth, which is one of the reasons why I can still feel like I can support him in some ways. But on the other hand, what's the point of even bringing this stuff out there in that way? Like the, the comments that he's made were not interviews, they were not he didn't get set up by someone. These were things that he chose to, to express on his own volition. And if it comes back to bite him in the ass, I can't feel any sympathy for him because like, you put it out there, dog. I made it sound way worse than it was, but that's the way you said it. Yeah. So if he does losing everything, I'm not going to be like, oh, bring Charlemagne back. But at the same time, I'm not going to be the one calling for him to get canceled either. Yeah, I think I feel the same way too because it's, um, for me, to be honest, I enjoy at least listen to his podcast I, or the Brilliant Idiots podcast. I enjoy enjoy Schultz more than I do Charlemagne. I know that might feel Same. a little <laughs> a little sickening for you, be shocked. Um, and so, and I don't really care for Breakfast Club, which I feel like a lot of people care for, but I don't care for. I don't get entertained by it. But the episodes I've listened to, or the shows I radio, the shows I've listened to. Um, I do feel like um, Charlemagne is two different people to me at times. The energy what do you mean gives, by that? like, I feel like maybe because I maybe because I don't listen to the show as much, but trying to compare it to what his energy is on the podcast, where he's more uplifting and more like he's not. I don't want to say he's less of. I guess I would say he's less of a dick on the podcast than he is on the radio show. Huh. I feel like on the radio show, he has this like persona and image he has to keep because that's what it was his big first. He's like, that was his, that's his baby. Like he, that's where he's known for mostly. A lot of people I think would know Charlemagne because of the Breakfast Club over Charlemagne on Billion Idiots. Well, and, and to be clear, like that's, that's <laughs> where his money comes from. Yeah. Majority and so, and I feel yeah. from like what I hear a lot from, the show and what I've seen is like he's more of like a troll guy, like he's a dick, he says whatever he wants, like he's always trying to like be the uh, antagonizer of 
whatever beef is happening. Like, you know? So people yeah. look that's what people are enjoying when they go watch the breakfast. Like, oh what's what's Charlemagne gonna stir up on this right. on this episode? Where it's on the podcast, he's more, you know, talking about how he goes to therapy and like keeping this positive energy in the world and you know, keeping it one hundred. So it's like two I feel like I don't want to say it's two different people, but at the same time he, he's a smart guy and he markets himself well on both shows. So I feel like when he's on Breakfast Club, he's, you know, performing for his Breakfast Club people that stay tuned every day. And then when he's on Brilliant Idiots, he's like tuned into this other crowd that's listening to him. So like I, I think a, sometimes... a part of, another part of that is real quick, Conrad, is that yeah. on the Breakfast Club, like he has Envy and E and like they yes. are more laid back, but on the Brilliant Idiots, he has Schultz who can bring a lot more of that asshole energy. So it's not that was my much... question. Yeah, because I don't listen to the Brilliant Idiots, like I said, but isn't that kind of like their dynamic, which is, uh, well, I was about to say Kanye. <laughs> uh, Charlemagne <laughs> is more the straight guy on Brilliant Idiots, whereas on Breakfast Club, that is his job, is to be like the wild card. Yeah, I think that's a good way to describe it. To. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to describe it. So like they both I, definitely have their flagrancy, but there's more shows than him in, in recent episodes. Yeah, so that's why I wasn't sure. Like, So for me, when I hear him speaking about all this stuff about ther- therapy, and and he has talked about all his um, allegations, but for me, I'm like looking at him as, I'm like, well, this dude has come, like, he knows the mistakes he's made, and he's like, has confronted them. He's not ashamed of putting it out there in public whether he did it in um probably not the most appropriate way of doing it but at the same time that guy is trying to change to better himself you know he's trying to make sure that he doesn't do this stuff he's trying to like teach kids i mean isn't his second book about anxiety and all this like he's trying to do stuff to make a positive world or positive community or positive people around him so this is where i see the difference between him and r kelly you know but well I just want to, <laughs> I want to like, I guess, well, I don't want to defend him, but I just want to clarify something. He does talk about all that stuff, Conrad, you just mentioned, on The Breakfast Club every single day. He, okay. the positive messaging, the therapy, I feel most people get the interviews that we mostly see and share with, you know, celebrities and stuff mixed with what they do for like the rest of that, you know, three hours that they're on the the uh, radio um and i i the only reason i know is because i have started to listen to it like every day they have like a podcast which you know brings like the hour episode every single day and you i hear the same same things that apparently he's doing on the podcast he's doing that on the radio too my only concern with this um and I'll be honest, this was one reason why I was really scared to do a podcast, even though it was like with my friends and I know it was nothing big. And I am in no way for people listening, saying that we're on the same level or anywhere near or will ever, ever be anywhere near what they're doing at that other podcast. But what scared me was the fact that this is recorded. This is out there. Anybody can get a hold of it. Anybody can find it. Anybody can put two and two together and it's going to come back on my lap. It always scared me that, hey, words mean things and whatever you say could have a lot of consequences. And if you are talking reckless, rather it be for a laugh or rather it be for 
you know, some type of to make some type of point or get some type of sound bite or get a reaction out of people. You don't know how someone else may take it. You don't know how someone else may read into that. You don't know how it might affect you or affect other people. And that's all questions that you got to ask every single time you press record and every single time you press upload. So every single week I go through that. So to hear now, like this stuff come out about Charlemagne, Ron, to your point, this happened a year ago. Yeah, some of it he brought back up, uh, like even as recently as like last month. But most of this information was in a book that came out two years ago. Most of this information was in a podcast episode that came out a year ago. But hey, now you popping a little bit more. You're getting a little bit more popular out here. A lot of people are looking at you now. HBO is in your back pocket now. <laughs> you used to be on MTV too. We ain't, you know, one too many people watching that. But not HBO. Let me go and try to find up some dirt about Charlemagne. Let me go try to see what's going on with him. And now some of this ignorant stuff that you used to say or have said and sometimes still say is coming back to bite you. Now, I would say I am a fan of Charlemagne. I've always been a fan of his radio personality, even back when he was the co-host with Wendy Williams, when she was on the radio. I admired the fact that he would always speak his mind. He would say <laughs> he would say really inappropriate stuff. But I enjoyed that because it was something I never heard. And it was the same thing that you would hear from like Howard Stern or people of, he even says Howard Stern is like his biggest um, uh, mentor and inspiration. Um, So I thought that that was all interesting that somebody would be able to talk like this, you know, to the public. Um, I just find it interesting now that all these apologies are coming out and all this this uh even he had his wife on the radio show this morning on the breakfast club trying to like it just feels like a cleanup operation i don't know if i totally believe him or if he even knows that what he says was wrong from the fact that he's still saying it um i don't know what that means as far as my support or where do we go from here i just want people to know as he would say the moral of the story is be careful what the hell you say where you say it, who you say it to, because it all could come back and bite you. Mm. That is the perfect point to make. Because, I mean, one thing we've talked about in the past is a little bit how headlines and media these days, they will create these stories just based off of a quick snapshot of something you said or a photo or something that's taken out of context. And in this case, he made it so damn easy for him. Like, everything that they've done is like, this is stuff you actually did say, and yeah, some of it may be out of context, and maybe when you get the full picture, it looks a little bit different. But at the end of the day, they didn't misquote you. They didn't lie. This is all stuff that he said. So he's laying in a bed that he made. Yeah, it was so interesting to, like, literally hear his wife this morning say the same thing that you just said, Ron. She said, "You, your memory is shit, and you don't relate information the way that we talked about it. We ne- I never said that you raped me. I never used that word. I said that that was part of rape culture. We were talking about rape culture. But when you got online, you said that I said that maybe you raped me. Like, those were your words. So it's, it's interesting that <laughs> it was interesting to hear her almost call him out, too. Like, you, <laughs> you brought this on yourself. You didn't even have to. 
Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's going to be something I think is still developing. Like we may end up having to revisit this in a month or two when shit hits the fan, or maybe it all blow over. We'll see. But it's definitely a lesson learned that we don't have to worry about because one, we've never been in those situations, and two, we're not going to put ourselves in situations where we can be miscon misquoted like that. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to learn lessons from him without having to go through it ourselves. Hey, don't be a who's man. We're going to find you. True that. <laughs> All right, y'all. So before we get into our last topic for tonight, if y'all have any thoughts on any of the stuff that we've talked about tonight, or any, if you just start listening to us and you listen back to episode fifteen and you heard something you want to talk about, go ahead and bring it up. We will willing to talk about it all. We put in, have conversations about this stuff, so don't be afraid to bring back up anything you ever heard us talk about that you want to talk a little bit more about. You want to come on the podcast to talk about it? Let's see if we can set that up. Let's make it happen. There's a lot of different ways y'all can get at us. You can email whosemanspodcast at gmail dot com. You can get us at Who's Man's Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Search us on Facebook, Who's Man's Is This. You can leave a comment on uh, SoundCloud, DM us, or whatever. There's a lot of different ways y'all can contact us. If you got our number, feel free to hit us up. And also make sure that y'all leave the likes, the reviews, the ratings, all that stuff. You know, we appreciate the, the interactions we've been getting, so keep that up as well. Let's keep having some fun while we're doing this. And it's also, let's keep having some real conversations. That's one thing I do want to mention real quick is that we definitely appreciate y'all, you know, voting in the polls. Let me know I'm trash and not liking Popeyes. Yeah. We also want to hear your thoughts on the serious stuff, too. If y'all think we full of shit and we ain't hit the mark, let us know. <laughs> if y'all think we were right on it, let us know. Like, we just want to get a better idea from what do you guys think from what we're saying. Are you enjoying it? you think we could be doing something a little bit better? Let us know. All right, so, so let's go ahead and get into the last topic for tonight. Shock, I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to you because I think you can explain it the best for us. All right. So, you know, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to bring I brought topic to my boys because uh, I thought it was interesting. We started this podcast. The whole goal was to to add a voice for you know black educated young men who have opinions on things, and we wanted you guys who may be listening who may not have a lot of inter- interaction with educated black young men who have opinions on things. Uh, you may have, you may want to know stuff and you may want to know how we deal with stuff. Um, and I think we've done that a lot throughout this podcast, through our guests or through different topics that we've approached. But this was one that I feel like I've never heard. I don't really hear most guys talk about it. And I definitely don't hear, you know, black guys talk about it. And that topic is breakups. So uh, full disclosure, I am currently going through a, well, I'm not, I don't think you can say you're going through, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's a process. <laughs> I'm going through a breakup, all right? I've talked about my relationship on this podcast. Uh, I do want to be very clear that as I talk about this topic, I am in no way talking about my um, my previous girlfriend. I'm in no way talking about our relationship. Because at the end of the day, that's between us. And I still have a great deal of respect for her. And I still very much love her. And I wish one of y'all would try to come for her or me and talk about our stuff, all right? Because I, I, I got hands, all right? People don't believe it, but they find out quickly. Um, <laughs> that guy in fourth grade, he found out. But um, <laughs> what what I, the joy. Talk about, I know, right? What I wanted to talk about was how... How do we handle how do we handle breakups? 
And I wrote down like a few questions and I just really wanted to be like a discussion. But what I hope people take away from it is you get an insight from a man's point of view of how we kind of deal with it. I feel like so often the jokes are made or the, the, the thought is put out there that all we do is, oh, we just go get up under another girl or we go to a strip club or we go party, we hang with our boys and we talk shit and, and that's it. And then we're over it. But that is so far away from my truth that I wanted to hear and wanted to talk about kind of how do you venture throughout this, this process and kind of, mentally physically emotionally all that stuff get over it so if you hear a tear or you hear you know somebody crying that's probably wrong but (laughs) if you you want like some good conversation like hopefully you guys will hear this and and take something away from it and maybe you even got some advice or want to join and give your perspective how you deal with the breakup but with that said have you guys ever gone through a breakup before yes sir i I actually have not you haven't nothing i can say that i mean i've had been rejected enough times i said i feel like i can you know give some input but i actually have not gone through like a full committed relationship breakup so you've had women but it doesn't mean like it was a relationship where you guys had some type of like grand emotional breakup Right, like I've had situationships where eventually it came to an end, and I mean, I was in my phones after those as well. So uh, I definitely can speak on that from that perspective. And then yeah, I'm the Conrad. Yeah, I had a four-year relationship that ended. So uh, yeah, it was tough for the process, especially the way it goes down, and especially when it's not. You know, it's different when you. I feel like when you break up on bad terms. Like someone did something, so like, oh, you cheat on me, well, f you, and you just walk out. Or, but it's different when it's like, oh, I don't know if it makes sense, but like legitimate reason to break up. Like you guys aren't on the same terms anymore, or you guys are growing apart, and one of you guys is starting to realize that, you know, you're as cliche it sounds, but the whole sometimes the whole it's me not you thing is true. Um, like you guys are just not on the same page as what you your relationship started out to be and it's probably the best for you to be done but that doesn't make it easier even if it's not a shitty breakup right and you go through the phases of well maybe they're lying maybe they did cheat <laughs> and they're trying to hide it so they're trying to use this whole other stuff and because that's what my ex went through towards me but it was just like a, and it was tough and you're you're trying to be um, I guess before I keep going, I, let's hear what you have left to say, Bishak. I don't know what you, how you wanted to structure this. No, I think you're right. Like I, I actually thought about that earlier. I was like, is it too, too? Am I doing too much if I say you go through like the phases of grief? Because <laughs> I kind, you kind of do in a way when you break up in a relationship, like anger and and sadness and. I Second know, guessing, like, yeah. Like, like, was it for real? Like, should it have happened? Oh, Did I do it right? Happens. The denial? Nah, it ain't over. Yeah, we'll true. Back maybe. Um, those are definitely because I guess for me in this situation, because since I ended ended up, I was the one who ended it. It was something that I wasn't re- like completely ready for. 
Mm-hmm. Um, been together for a long time, like throughout high school. You know, I feel like high school relationships and college relationships are a little too different. Um, and and of course, perks to everyone. And I'm happy for those that have made it work from going from high school and marrying your high school sweetheart because it works. But sometimes you grow from high school, move to college. Yeah. Different influences happen. You grow. A lot of people find themselves in college. A lot of people start being confident in themselves in college. A lot of things change in college, positive right. and negative. Uh, and sometimes they don't always align with what you had at the beginning. True. Um, you also have a lot of influences by your friends as far as what they're going through. And at the time, my ex, my girlfriend at the time was a lot of her friends were getting engaged and she mm. was seeing that she's left me like, you know, not necessarily saying that she was left behind, but there was some sort of influence on that. Like questions were starting to arise that I wasn't thinking about at that time. I was 20 years old, 21, you know, just starting to, at the, you know, at the prime of being tw- in your 20s. Um, so I was never thinking about that stuff. And you end up getting into stupid arguments for no reason because you're just fed up with what other, the other person might be thinking or how yeah. their thoughts are. And it's just like, it builds up. You know, you have a good moment and then you don't have a good moment. And then you have a good one good moment and you have two bad moments. And it was just things like that build up to a point where it's like, are you, is this even really worth it? Like someone else. And in this case, you always think about it as in like, okay, I ended it. And you hear all these stories like, I just wish dudes would be so honest and just, you know, if you're going <laughs> to waste my time and you're not in this relationship, please just, you know, end it. Something like this is the right thing to do. Like, I'm you not fully be careful I'm, of that. Yeah, I'm not fully vested. Our thought processes aren't the same anymore. We're not on the same page. It just makes sense to me. Like it's not fair to her. I'm wasting her time. Um, you know, it just doesn't make sense for us to keep doing this. Like I'm pouring into a cup. On my end, I really don't have much to pour in, and her end, it's almost full. And it's just yeah. like I'm not. I don't have much more to pour in there. You know. So it's like, why keep pouring it? And it's not meaningful to you. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So as we talk about this, though, and again, out of respect to really all of our former girlfriends or people that we were with, and definitely out of respect to both of you, you know, your current relationships, which if you screw up either of these, I won't be talking to you. I'm on <laughs> team, you know, team Carly and Tori. So uh, out of respect for that, I do want us to only think about our responses as selfishly as possible. Like, how did you deal with this? Or how did you deal throughout this process? So my first question is, how did you deal with it? How did you immediately deal with, you know, ending? You can choose whichever experience you want to, but how did you, how do you normally deal immediately after, um, whatever you had is over. For me, my I'll draw from experience where it wasn't really my decision. And I'd say mm-hmm. that my immediate reaction was borderline depression. Like not, I wouldn't say got to the full diagnosis of it, but I was definitely not in the best place anymore. And it really made me do a lot of self-reflection. Like what was I doing wrong? And I mean, honestly, I came out a better person on the other side of it because I think that without those experiences, I wouldn't, be as strong of a partner I am in my current relationship because I think I, I would have had to still go through that learning and maybe she wouldn't have been willing to deal with it. So, I mean, I'm thankful I had the experiences when I did. But it was a, the immediate reaction was just downright 
what what the hell am I doing wrong? Yeah. And for me, it was the opposite. It was like, did I really mean to do that? That was my first, like, I'm, as I'm walking home at, like, 2 in the morning. And it's like, is this really happening? Like, you know, you, I was going through those mini phases right there. Like, like what, like, you know, can't believe I just did this. Is this really what I wanted to do? Like, I should go back. I should, you know, like, you start second guess. I started second guessing my decision. I guess that was my first reaction. Was it? Was this really what I needed to do? Because I started. Because I saw the way the person reacted. That's what really kills me. Because I didn't want that. I knew it was going to happen, but I just seeing. I hate seeing hurt yeah. in someone's eyes. So like, and then when you walk away from hurt, and you're just like, that's how you left it. It makes it worse. So that's how I felt. Like, I started to second guess myself. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of weird on Ron here, like with Ron here, like I immediately go into like a a depression. Don't want to call it that because I know that that can be triggering for some people and um, some people deal with way harder stuff than breaking up, you know? But that's how I feel. Like I, it, it's dark and I get sad. And if you know me, I'm a little bit emotional. So I probably got some music playing somewhere. <laughs> Adele is usually a go-to, you know? <laughs> but um, I think the toughest part or the thing that that I always kind of, like, beat myself up with was, like, you know, am I just not good enough? And that's that's if I broke – if I chose to break up or if the other person chose to break up. I've seen it both ways. Like – I question, like, am I not good enough? And then I go to the place, like, will I ever find that person that I'm looking for? And that's the one that kind of sticks with me for the longest. Mm. Like, I I remember when I was a hell like in middle school and broke up with my girlfriend at the time for like the eighth, fifth time probably. And I remember <laughs> thinking, like. <laughs> Man, what if I just don't never like? What if I never find anybody? What if never? What if no one ever kind of get, or I never get them? Or what if we just never work out? And it's such a bad. It's a. I get why people do it, or I, I get why I do it. I get why I do it because you know, <laughs> you thought for some reason you thought this was gonna be forever. Even when I was twelve, I thought that would be forever. Um. But I think there's something else to it, which is like that. What if? What if that is it? What if there is nothing out there that I will ever latch on to? Or what if I, I will forever, you know, kind of go in and out of these relationships and think I found something that is not it? Um, and I think the older I get, I've noticed as I've dealt with, uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I got a whole bunch of relationships, but I've definitely had like, two real relationships since I've been like an adult and I remember in both of those cases I just thought like I just kind of got to the place where I was like okay with it and now usually when I'm I get to that place I usually you know am lucky enough to find someone else but at the same time it's like I am I get to a place where I'm like hey I I can live alone I could <laughs> I got a nephew that could be my kid I got <laughs> friends I got money i could travel 
And I know when I tell my friends that, they immediately all go into like, oh, you're just saying that because of this and you're just doing it. No, you'd be great and all that. But it's not like I'm looking for that validation. I'm more so just like, damn, like, okay, if this is it, will it really be that bad? I think that's kind of like the place I go to sometimes. And I live there for a bit. So that makes sense, though. Uh, No, I, I agree with that because... Um, I guess I can say I'm in the same boat as you as far as relationships, or I guess I'm actually similar to both of you guys as far as rejections and not really, at least for me, I'll just look at it as like that textbook. Oh, you're just a, our big chubby brother. And, you know, like you, I was like, after a while, it was one of those things like, dude, I'm tired of this saying, am I ever going to be past this whole, you're just a, like the friend zone, basically. Um mm. And so when you finally find someone that does look doesn't look like doesn't look at you in that way, and then you go through this journey, and then towards the end, towards during this journey, you start figuring out that you're not what each other thought they were going to be, and then you have to end it. That's where it hurt me. That's where it's like hurtful for me, like to see that, like going through that phase, like oh, finally found someone that accepts you, but then at the end, you're not really compatible like what you thought and the best thing to do is end it but it's just like now what because it took me forever to find that one that first person that looked at me in this way and now it's over so now I have to go back and reset and start the process over again but then you're you're just fed up at the same time it's like you know what whatever I used to be like you know whatever if it happens it happens it doesn't happen I gotta move on with my life that's how I used to try to like I don't know if that was a good thing. It was probably good and bad because it's probably like good that I'm trying to move on and live my life, but probably too bad because I'm trying, I'm suppressing true feelings that probably I should mm-hmm. be, you know, expressing. But I think a lot of guys go through that and true. in different methods, you know, some people go through the whole phase where they're just sleeping with one woman and another woman and another woman just to try to get feel like they're that wanting that they had before in a relationship some people mm-hmm. shut down some people uh, it's it's yeah you don't hear much about you hear a lot of this from the girls perspective like how they feel and how they deal with breakups but with guys it's just like oh like you said he went through his whole phase and found the right one or you know you just the guy who just chills out and, and you know gives up on looking for women he has like a huge animosity to his friend. Um, yeah. So yeah. Now that's that last one is real because I got uncles who are like that who just I guess you would call them a player or whatever, and they someone hurt them basically, or something happened to them along the way where they just don't see the positive in it at all. But I think that's real. So my next question, that's how you felt. I think this one will hopefully surprise some people but who do you usually lean on Mm, that's a good question you know i gotta be honest and say that when i first have this experience i didn't lean on anyone and that was my own fault not feeling comfortable enough being vulnerable about it like i think if i if we were to go through something like that in this time where I am now, I would definitely have that confidence to be able to lean on someone, but I just didn't handle it properly the first time around. Like, I, I, it took me maybe months before I was even, honestly, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone about the situation specifically, but it took me a while before I was even able to open up and say to a friend, like, hey, I'm in a rough place right now. And eventually, 
through talking to friends, I was able to get the help I needed to get back to normal. But I didn't lean on anyone when I should have. And I, I definitely would not suggest it that anyone does that. Like, don't try to handle it alone. For me, I went directly to my two best friends. Um, one, and I'm, I guess I can say I'm blessed to have two best friends of opposite sex because there's two perspectives you can get. Um, of course, one of like that brotherhood of talking to your boy about stuff where it's just, you know, raw feelings, expression, and then talking to your best friend that's a female that's more, you know, it's about compassion and more, you know, trying to get an understanding of what you did or what's going through your head. And um, so it was, for me, it was, those are my two outlets. Um, I think actually like one of the ways, like, you know, my friend suggested like, let's just go take a trip, you know, get away from this environment that, reminds you of the situation or puts you in that, those feelings, um, which is what I needed, I guess, at the time. I may, I may have not realized it, but so those who I turned to, for me, I, I, I don't know, it was, maybe it's a culture thing, but when the stuff like that happens, and maybe also it's mature, like being mature, I just never turned to my parents for things like that, just because I wasn't. Yeah raising a family where you just come to your mom and dad and talk about relationships because most of the time they're old school and thinking like you should have been marrying this chick instead of doing this and this was a waste of time or you wasted this girl's time and blah 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 so it's like less of a understanding and more of a lecture but yeah I want you to be yeah so all right so I'm a little different. I I usually hold off on going to like my very best friends. And I do that because if they, I mean, I don't want them to feel any type of way. I, here's the thing I pride myself on. Any of my ex-girlfriends or any girl I, I've spoke, I've talked to for a bit who've met my friends or haven't met my friends, we still have a good relationship. And when I mean good, I mean we ain't still, we're not still together, we're not still doing nothing. Um, but we respect each other. So it's not, I always think about those tweets and Instagram posts that talk about like, Oh, what if this was your ex or something like that? I am always confident that none of my ex-girlfriends will talk reckless about me (laughs) either sideways or any other way. Um, So I don't go straight to my best friends because I don't, or friends, I don't want them to, I don't want to say the wrong thing where they may have like a negative view about this person that I've spent time with. Um, I usually go to probably somebody I don't talk to as often. Uh, It may be a friend, a casual friend, or uh, it could be, I mean, now I've, I've started going to like a therapist and talking with her about different things and trying to figure out, you know, maybe not what happened, but where do we go from here? And how do we settle all this stuff that I'm feeling? Um, but I always did circle back to my best friends after I've had time to talk through it a little bit. Um, that way, when we're coming together, it's like not a, it's still a bit woe is me. Like, oh man, like, oh, why do I got to deal with this? But it's not as it would be if it was like that day. Or like the day after, or something like that. So those people, I you know, I, I'm with you, Conrad. Though I wish, I wish I did. I, I know I can. Like it was about the breakup and all my breakups, but 
you know, they always do the mom thing, which is we'll come home and do this. And it's like all the stuff you can't do in that moment, you know? Yeah. Um, but I wish, like, I would love to talk to my mom and be like, Ma, what did I do wrong? Or what did I screw up? Or what, what should I do differently? And I know guys who have those types of relationships with their mom. And I'm always like, nah, I love my mom to life, but I don't really want her relationship advice for me. Like, <laughs> nah. nah. I think my it's grandma's all- advice is always like, well, you know, I just want you happy. And they always say there's more fish in the sea. But <laughs> I want you to pick the best fish and maybe and she never knows how to like clean it up. Like maybe, you know, maybe you did have the best fish and maybe she'll swim back. But you know, I just you know, I just want you happy. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's a good point though. It's always tough when you're build a relationship and that relationship also incorporates your friends. Yeah. Because when it break when the breakup happens, it's always tough. And I think that's one of the hardest things for me to deal with is because, at least for me, when it's when you're like going through a breakup or especially with someone you built a friendship with, and then you break up, my biggest fear is losing that friendship. Because I'm not going to act like I wasn't with you for this amount of years. You know, like thank you. Yeah. I, I don't want, I, I, it's, I'm not going to act like we didn't share, you know, all this stuff. And then now because we're done and I know it's not easy, but it's just hard for me to just, I hate accepting the fact that we probably won't be as good friends anymore. And to me, that's the hardest part to get over. It's like, yeah, we can be, you know, cause you hear people say, Hey, when people break over and say, can we be friends still? I'm like, I'm not going to act like you didn't exist anymore. Like you just, <laughs> You know, however many years, whether it was two years, one year, before that, before even you guys were uh, official, there was a friendship that was built. Like, I'm not just going to act like that didn't exist. Like, it was just poof, gone after our relationships at the mm-hmm. same time. I think that's the hardest thing, at least personally for me. I don't know for you guys, but it's hard for me to just lose a friend more than, like, it sucks losing, like, a girlfriend or your, yeah. your significant other. But I think for me, the biggest part is like losing your friend because you were friends before even ever that happened, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing I feel like a lot of people don't talk about is that you look think about all the inside jokes you lose. Like even when you lose a friend or a significant other, like there's things that you and that other person have gone through that create experiences that only y'all can bond over. Yeah. And that's, that's just it. You can't really even talk about it anymore. It's just a whole part, a whole right. aspect of your humor or life that you got to let go of because you're no longer that close to them. Yeah, nah, that's a great point. That was actually my next question. Like, what's the toughest part? And I think you're both right. Like, it is you're losing that friend. You're losing that. You you you're losing like three or however many years of your life you spent with that person, whatever it may be. And it's it's tough because <laughs> depending on how close you were, there may be families involved. I think that's tough. Like, especially if you've gotten to know their family, they've gotten to know yours. You've gotten to know their friends. They've gotten to know yours. I'm sure the worst is like when you your friends, you know, become friends, and now it's like, uh, well, do you part ways or who goes which way and all that stuff? Yeah, which I always think is silly because I'm like, again, that's why I don't want to have like a bad relationship with the person I'm with after it's over. 
Um, I think the other hard part in the day of social media is like managing the breakup on social media. Yep. And I think it goes in both ways. It's like, I mean, the, it used to be easy on Facebook where you just put, you know, in a relationship single or whatever. Like, that, that was like no, everyone it, would just know at one time. Take it back even further. It was easier on MySpace because you put her, put them in your top, top, uh, top five on MySpace. Or your top eight. <laughs> or top eight or top four. And then if they weren't in there no more, people would know you were single. And that was it. <laughs> no. I did that. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> but now, like, social media has become so, like, a part of our lives where, you know, I, I, I know we talk about celebrities and we talk about how, oh, people notice that they deleted all their pictures or they're not following each other. And I ain't gonna lie, like, I it's something that I that actually bothered me when I did see, like, my ex, like, unfollow me on social media. Don't ask me why I was checking or when or, like, you know, if I was, like, listening to Adele at the time. Don't ask you me. You ain't got to explain. <laughs> <laughs> That's just real. But that, it really hurt. But at the same time, I'm like, I understand it. I get it. I won't do the same thing. I, I don't mind, like, following my ex-girlfriends or whatever they're doing or doing anything like that. Um, I also am not going to delete pictures and all that stuff. One, because I, I barely know how to. And two, like, <laughs> who got the time? Like, that, you want to know my life? That's part of my life. Um, but I always think that's, like, a tough part, too, is dealing with how do you manage this to all these different people that follow you? Not that you owe anything to them, but the fact that now, you know, some people say, hey, I know you through social media. And that's sometimes your family. I know how you are or what you're doing through social media. And now they know that that's... Like, I feel like that was my... Um, that was like my anger face. Like, with deleting everything? With the social media stuff. Like, I, like, that was my, like, are you kidding me? Like, this is what we're doing now. Like, you just go and do all this and act like I was a, like a ghost and disappear. And I was like, that just like, that was like my like, like the angry phase. Where I was like, I was so annoyed. I'm like, this is childish. Like, why are you deleting me? Why are you unfollowing me? Like, what does that do? What's the point of that? And and then eventually leading to deleting you out of their life permanently. Like they act like they don't know you. So that's why I just that was like I would consider my anger phase because I was just like, this is so stupid. Like I'm not gonna act like you don't exist anymore. Like deleting me and unfollowing me, this is your way of telling me or showing me that I don't exist anymore. Just tell that to my face. Like, I don't want to do it. Like, just said, I'm done dealing with you. I don't want any part of you anymore. Like, I'd rather you tell me that than just, and then later find out, like, oh, they were out. They use my Facebook to see if you're still doing stuff. Like, don't try to creep on me after you deleted me when you had easy <laughs> access before. <laughs> um, hey, it's but, it. yeah. to. In this on a positive note, if you know, maybe there's not one, I don't know. Uh, guess lesson or the best le- lesson you've learned through a breakup. Let me think on that for a quick second. Ain't that deep? That's real deep, bro. You got me there. <laughs> I'm gonna write a book. I'm gonna write a book. Snap, it's snap, coming. snap, snap, snap. It's coming. Uh, all right. All right. I think the biggest thing that I learned 
is that I had to get a better understanding of how this the other person, how she viewed my actions compared to how I viewed them. Because there's always that thing of, I knew what the intent was. I knew what I meant when I said certain things or when I did or didn't do certain things. But she didn't have that background knowledge. She's not a mind reader. She had to only take what she saw at face value. I think in retrospect, you know, I can definitely see why when I, when I did that, you reacted this way and you thought I didn't care or something like that. So it helped me understand that I need to make a better effort at making sure my actions either aligned better with what I was thinking or just make sure that we were on the same page by talking about it. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I, and I agree with that. I think for me, which is, it might not be positive, or but I, for me, one of the biggest thing is um, learn to be a little selfish for your own good. And the reason I say that is um, if you are in a moment of where you're going to break up with someone or you're in a breakup, um, sometimes it's healthy for you to leave that relationship. And sometimes, like, in this situation for me, it was just like I needed, we just, it just needed to happen, like, it wasn't going anywhere, but you always are second guessing yourself. And it's like, maybe, I'll, maybe if I stay longer, you know, we can make things work or maybe but sometimes you just need to be selfish and be like, you know, I have to think about my future. I have to think about where my mental state is. I have to think about, am I really in this? And you have to start thinking. And that's what I did. I, I, that was my lesson. It's like, if I go into a next relationship before I do that, I have to start thinking of, am I ready for this? Am I going, am I, is my mental capacity ready to bring someone else to share a life with? Mm. Um, and that previous relationship taught me that or the previous, every relationship you get into and you break up or it doesn't move on. Those are lessons that you have to use to help you better yourself and your relationship. And also I learned that life does move on, mm. you know? Um, and it, during that time, it might not seem like it's going to happen. Like, especially if you've been, you've built this relationship and you put, you poured your heart in it and your heart just got shattered. It sucks. Even if you did the shattering, like if you broke someone's heart, whether you, whether it was in a shitty way and you effed up or whether it was in a, a way of respect and trying to just better each other's lives. At the end of the day, someone's heart's being broken, but life does go on whether it'll move, go on with you finding another partner that will help you mend that part or with you moving on without another partner and you just being around your friends and family and you know the people around you that will help you mend that heart it goes on so sometimes it's hard to like try not to think about it that way um but just that's something you have to tell yourself through the process is that things will get better um, if it's meant to, and, I were, and maybe I'm cliche, but if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If you're meant to have another person in your life that you want to call your partner, it will happen. Um, and if it's not, it's just something that you just have to put it as part of your life and try to make the best out of it because if you keep holding back that doubt that uh, what if am I the bad person, that, that, that affects your mental and that can like spiral into other things that you know we always try to avoid. But just try to remind yourself that life moves on. Um, things always get better. Um, and remember the people who are around you that are there to help. That's what I'll leave it at. That's good. Hey, my biggest, 
my biggest lesson has been you're going to be okay even if you're not okay. Mm. And I mean that last part in two different ways, even if you're not okay. Meaning sit sit in that. Like grieve that relationship, deal with it, and get through it. And that's okay. Like don't don't do it forever. But it's okay to like be sad and be upset and and question things and try to figure out like what happened and be like pissed off at times. That's okay in moderation. And then the other part is you're not okay because there's a reason that relationship went wrong. And if I'm leaving the relationship only saying that it was the other person's fault, then I'm not doing my future partner any just I'm not doing anything good for them. So try to figure out what went wrong. Figure out what you can do better or 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 do differently. Um that that has been something that well I, hey I'm still dealing with it right now. But it's something that I think is so important for people to like realize that you can a lot of people just say, oh I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna be good. Oh you just wait. Oh Wait till you get with the Nets one. They go, ooh, you can handle this and all this stuff. And it's like, but are you missing a point? Like, who are you putting on for right now? It's okay to say, like, man, I know I'm going to be okay because I believe that. I got to believe that. But, you know, I'm not good right now, and I need to figure out how to get there. That's all I got. So I, I, I do want to say, again, this has nothing to do, and this is in no way uh, am I trying to like disrespect my past relationships or any of the girls that I had the fortune of being with? Uh, and I know neither of you are doing e that same thing either. This was just an opportunity for people to hear kind of how we as men think through this and how we've dealt with our relationships. But I'm sure there are people out there who maybe feel different, maybe have gone through different things and may have a different perspective. And that's what this podcast is for and about. So if you do and you want to join or you have anything to add, I really, really would appreciate it. Maybe, maybe you got somebody you're trying to like hook me up with. <laughs> 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 I mean, I just told you I got to deal with some stuff first. So, you know, tell them to hold on. Start a line because <laughs> I'm working on the stop line too <laughs> at the same time. But no, for real, for real. Uh, we all deal with this. We all, if you're fortunate enough, we all deal with this and we all go through it. Um you don't have to do it alone. So you need support, reach out and don't hold on to that anger too long. And yeah, Ronald. Yeah. <laughs> Word. That's a great way to end it, man. So let's go ahead and wrap it up and get out of here. And once again, like we said, don't be afraid. If you listen to this this Thursday, if you listen to this a year from now, don't be afraid to reach out to us and let's talk about it if you got something you want to add to it. So I'm going to go ahead and say you want to wrap me you can catch me on twitter at taylor made life reach out to me i'm more than happy to have started a conversation i love talking to people on there a lot of interesting conversations don't be afraid like we get some of our friends who are always reaching out to us but even if you don't know us don't be afraid to just shoot a note over like hey i heard the podcast i want to talk about something don't be afraid we we friendly guys shock one tell my tell me i got you hey don't at me at god always come around. Hey, uh, you can find me on Daffella underscore Connie, Big C22 on Instagram. Um, I kind of want to add one last thing on top of B-Shocks. Uh, when uh, or 
if it ever happens when you go through a breakup and you are that person that wants that friendship after the breakup, the only advice I would say is don't force it. Um, Preach. If it's, you know, if you want it and that person doesn't want it, it's okay. I mean, it's if that's the if that's the decision and what that other person wants, you just have to respect it. But don't force it because it only makes things worse, not better. Um, but I have two things. One is set your boundaries. People who matter will respect them. Respect others people's boundaries. And that goes with the relationships, with friendships, with work. Um, I just feel like that's something that needs to be uh, solid um, when you're starting a relationship, when you're building a relationship, because those things help, those boundaries help. You learn, you grow, um, and people need to know sometimes not to fuck with you. So set those boundaries. Um, on a deeper, sorry to end this on a not so positive, but more of a, uh, a black women, beautiful black women, strong black women, black people, brown people, uh, be safe out there. Uh, past couple of weeks have been pretty sad with um, all the killings, all the um, shootings, and it's just, you don't know now anymore. Can't go on the bus, can't go on a train, can't walk into a store. So I just say, be safe, look out for each other. Um, yeah. And just keep loving on each other. And Darnold? Man, you are so damn quiet. What's what's going on, bro? You mad at me? Huh? Are you mad? He might be hiding because he was definitely acting a fool in person. I know you moved to Dallas. That don't make you shit, dog. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm still coming for you. Shun. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Alright, y'all. We out of here. <laughs> <laughs>